Hi, I'm Leanne. I'm a light worker and a mother to three special girls. I strive to continue learning, growing, and to collect new skills. I'm a psychic medium, Reiki master teacher, and a Kashuk record reader and energy healer. I am so excited to share what I've learned and what I'm going to learn and the ups and downs of life. Thank you for joining me on my journey. Welcome to Life of a Lightworker podcast. Welcome. In this week's episode, I'm having a conversation with Sandy Veu and Michelle Rogers. They are multi-passionate entrepreneurs. They have been business partners and besties for nearly 13 years and have generated over 20 million in online sales over the last decade. They are co-founders of Liberated, which is a digital marketing education company based on helping women find freedom through passive income and mindset mastery. Their podcast is called The Liberated Podcast, where they love to share their tips for life, business, and the plot twists along the way. It is their passion to pass on the keys to help women uncage themselves. Welcome, Sandy and Michelle. I'm so happy you are talking to me today. Hi, thank you for having us on the podcast today. Absolutely. So to start to dive right into it, I want to get to know you better. I want everybody to get to know you, both of you. So I want to start at the beginning. I want to know about your childhood. So where did you grow up? Did you stay in one place or did you move around? What did that look like? Well, Sandy and I are both small town girls. I'll start with my story and then she Mm -hmm. can share hers. But I um, grew up in a town of a thousand people on a farm outside of it. It was a town called Viking. Um, Interestingly, tons of successful people come out of Viking. It's the funniest little thing. And it was just like a beautiful childhood. And um, I loved being on the farm. I loved the freedom. Like we had horses and that was just everything to me. And I remember like when I was young, I would just get on my horse bareback, especially when school was tough and junior high years and stuff and just absolutely run as hard as I could all the way down the dirt road. So that was, that's like a little glimpse into where I came from. Mm-hmm. I love it. I grew up in the metropolis of Morinville and <laughs> I grew up there my whole life. And it was one of those places that when you were growing up, you couldn't wait to get out of it. Like I hopped on a plane ASAP as soon as I graduated, like the day after I graduated. But looking back, I am so grateful for growing up in that small town and having those small town values. And something magical about Morinville, believe it or not, is the friendships last. Like I'm going to a party this weekend with people that I grew up with, you know, that have been friends for 30 plus years. I've stayed connected to lots of the friends that I grew up with and um, in lots of different pockets and areas. And so there was like this deeper connection. And I don't know if it's just because it was the 90s and we grew up before technology and everyone hung out with everyone and um, got up to got up to no good sometimes and but had these experiences. I don't know if it's that or just like that constellation of people that grew up in that era but I have nothing but gratitude for having grown up in that place which if you would have told me that when I was a teenager I would have laughed at you and said no way get me out of here so funny how that happens yeah and I would have to agree because I'm small town as well that the friendships you had as a kid they last they are like they're true it's just something about like maybe because there's less people around, you're more free to be yourself. 
you're able to share who you are authentically with other people. And when you find those connections, they're genuine. They're not false or like they're not fair weather friends. Totally. And I think that too, everybody knows everyone. Yeah. You can't get away with much or, you know, this person's parent is your manager at the grocery store. Yeah. (laughs) Knows if you guys went out and got up to no good the night before, you know, like, I don't know. And I think that there's, um, it's, it's just a social, more social environment. I feel like it's a real, um, part of your identity when you come from a small town too. So it's like a, a shared experience when you grow up and you go out and you do your own thing and some go to university and some stay there and have their children, but you always have that shared experience of both growing up in the same small town, much like I always think about this when you get married, right? Like you, you, you and your siblings were all raised the same way. So you get along really well. You are the same sort of person, not, not the same, but like you have a shared experience, like a really deep shared experience. And and as similar values. So you kind of get a little bit of that when you are raised in a small town. It's like, yeah, you might, it might be years that you haven't talked to that person, but when you see them at like a small town dance or a wedding or something, you're like, Hey, and it's like, you didn't even miss a beat because you have that shared experience of growing up in that same small town. And that, you know, maybe you lost a friend at in grade 12, or, you know, you have these experiences that I think a lot of people don't necessarily have, and it feels much like, um, like a home. And I think it's the same feeling that people kind of seek out in churches and things like that in community, looking for community. And we sort of started out that way because it is such a small town and you do know everybody and you know, everybody's business, you know, if there was an affair, you know, if you know, so-and-so there's a divorce happening and it's ugly or whatever. And so you kind of know each other's shit a little bit too. So it's not a surface friendship. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's a lot of stuff that you talk about more so I think than if you grew up, you know, in, in the city and have classes of a hundred kids or more. And then there's multiple classes of a hundred kids or more. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, there's no point in hiding the bad stuff because everybody knows it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, why try to pretend this is happening and this is how it is. So there's no, I guess the filter of is a little bit different than if you're in a big town so I would agree I I think those uh formative years of growing up and having the same friends in a smaller community really you all get forged kind of the same way Mm -hmm. and so you have that bond yes and one of the things I loved the most about traveling was that I could be anonymous yeah. So there's that other side of it. Like it was mm-hmm. so nice to just be who I was in that moment, not who I had been growing up. Oh yeah. Like I'm not saying yeah. we all loved it. Like it, oh, it was yeah. no fun when everyone knew your shit. <laughs> but you know what though? Like we, so my grandpa and my uncle were killed in a plane crash when I was in grade two. And I will never forget the community rallying around us. Like we had a community hall that would fit 500 people and it was completely packed and it was standing room. Like, I mean, people were standing on the streets to show their respect and and say their love to us as a family. And the casseroles and the flowers were like, they never stopped. I, I, even at such a young age, I remember thinking, okay, whoa, this is incredible. And then later as a teen, when you're resenting everyone knowing your shit, always reflecting back on, but wow, like this is what you get. It is like a big, huge extended family. 
and you can't wait to leave. <laughs> yeah. And there's a freedom in, yeah. In your an- anonymity. For sure. Yeah. But there's a place for both. And there's a time for both, right? You need you kind of need to experience both aspects to appreciate the other ones. I love that we're talking about this so much. I it's know. making me think of that song, Everybody Dies Famous in a Small Town. It's yeah. a country. And it's so true. And this is what celebrities always say is like, I, I'm so honored to be a celebrity. I love acting. I love being in my craft and my trade. What a gift, but I can't go to the grocery store without people knowing me, stopping me. I'm like, yeah, that's small town life. Like you, you can't have one without the other. You get this beautiful community. It's tight knit. Everyone has your back. Everyone supports you through the hard times, um, rallies around you, feeds your children. If you are bruised and battered to the bone because of life and things that have happened and they're up in your grill and up in your business. You can't choose. That's why traveling is, is really cool. And, and going away to university was awesome for me, but I always did respect that, you know, that kind of community that we grew up with. I think that it also plays in with the ability to network. My mom would always say, I love being from a small town because if you, you know, say you need glasses, I know so-and-so over there that I'm just going to go talk to them and find out what the best deal is or that kind of thing. So you, you have this network of people that you connect with and that you ask, like reach out for when you need X, Y, Z in their expertise in their field. And so that also is, there's not that barrier when, when you come from a place where you know everyone. True. You're still like that. We'll go to a restaurant and she's like, um, could you, and ask like a very convoluted complex question of the waitress. That's like, what's, what's like a really spiritual and like, we could have this kind of experience, but not this, but like we, and her daughter's always, Daphne's always like, mom, mom, stop asking. But it's true. Like, you're like, well, she'll tell us. And she always does. And we get the most incredible experiences because you're so willing to act like we're in a small town. Totally. <laughs> Everywhere is a small town. I love that. And for me, it feels like when I was in the small town, I was comfortable with people and I was willing to ask, willing to talk. But then when I go to a bigger area, they're all of a sudden strangers and I couldn't do that. So I love that you could transfer that to no matter where you are. Because for me, that's been a challenge. Yeah, me too, Leanne, actually. Me too. I feel like Sandy has a superpower of um, like just completely assuming that everybody is like her (laughs) and also that nobody would ever get annoyed. (laughs) Like I remember when she was recruiting me into one of our first businesses together and I was like, oh my gosh, this girl's relentless. Like, holy cow. And like lovingly so, like I wasn't like super, super annoyed, but I was annoyed. And later, like once we were, you know, well down the path and it was the best choice for us and we were so pumped and building multiple six figure incomes, I was like, how did you not notice how annoyed I was at you? She's like, oh, because you never said it. Like, I'm not going to assume. And that's her superpower. I love that. It's, (laughs) it's, it's having the faith in yourself, but also it's like, it's a little bit of like the obliviousness, but it's the bil- sure. but, but but it's to <laughs> your advantage. <laughs> but it's it's coming from a place of love. It's not coming from a place of well, I'm just gonna do what I want despite anybody else being hurt type situation. It's more of like I'm gonna do this, and I and I love sharing my love. And if people don't like it, then I guess they'll tell me. Yeah, 
And that's exactly it. Because for Sandy, if anyone asked her anything or if anyone repetitively like 500 times followed up with her, she would be just full, filled with love the whole time. Like, oh, you're good at your job. Wow, you're persistent. Okay, sorry. You know, like, and so she always assumes that others would be the same. And I, I guess that's how everyone lives life is like, you have your own perspective and then you assume that other people are the same. So, you know, yeah. even if somebody does something that you perceive as really nasty, it's because if you did that to somebody, you would be being very nasty. Right. Like, whereas if they, if, you know, Sandy wouldn't, if she did that, it would be out of complete, like either obliviousness or love or, you know, so she wouldn't assume that, that because she's not like that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like there's a ton of times where I'll perceive somebody and be like, that email was completely passive aggressive, super rude. I can't believe she had the, the nerve to talk to us that way. And then I'll read it to someone and they're like, no. I don't think that they meant that. I'm like, no, like you see this part right here. This meant that because again, if I sent an email like that, it would be loaded with undertones because that's how I would deal with it. And I'm, that's not good. I'm just being honest and vulnerable. And then, you know, you, you perceive it in the same way that if you had press send, that would be a bomb. It's so ready, true. Ready. Yeah. It's so yeah. true. We all live in our own universe because what we see in other people is just what we see in ourselves. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it makes complete sense that we're all just we're all living in our own world interacting with each other and perceiving other people and other actions as what how and then put through our own filter to yeah. it's the perfect reflection right like what you see in the world is what you happens in your inner world totally yeah yeah so sandy goes through with rose-colored glasses and she's just yeah. like everyone else does too <laughs> Mm -hmm. well let's hopefully I haven't gotten burned by it so far well it's even if you get burned you you do it through your lens your perspective and you're like okay they're just having a bad day and moving on that's right. so what true I, I was just when you said that I was like hmm, interesting perspective <laughs> <laughs> because somebody else would have lived your life and been like fuck I've gotten burned <laughs> sorry if there's not you might not just cut out the oh, swear that's on fine. our podcast but like, right. Like they would yeah. be like, holy, like that bit me, that bit me, that bit mm -hmm. me. And you don't, you're just like, oh, what a beautiful lesson. Like I'm going to, mm -hmm. I, you win or you learn, like that was not wasted. I can't believe how much I got from that where other people are like I got scammed or, you know, like multiple yeah. different ways. It's again, roots back to your perspective of I've never gotten burned. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in their forties has gotten burned. My friend. <laughs> It's a point or another. But again, that's my perspective. I'm more skeptical. I more like zoom in on the potential negatives. It's how I'm wired. It's my numerology. Whereas yours is like, no, I've never. I love that. That's, that's hilarious. This is a I love where we're going so far. That's a finding it, out where we're from and we're down here. How you do anything <laughs> is how you do everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, hey, we'll just follow the <laughs> follow the line, follow the path. I love that. So I, I'm going to skip a couple questions that I would normally ask because I feel like moving towards how you got to where you are right now and how you became the people you are is going to be super interesting. And I know both of you have very different paths and I want to hear about how your professional life and your spiritual life are interwoven, but also what parts they might be separate. Like 
is your journey from when you were a kid to now, is your personal, so your spiritual or personal life and your business life, did they come together at the same time or was one more of the focus than the other? Did one weave and one was straight? Like, I want to know how they interacted with each other. For me, I'll start. I, my spiritual journey, like, bloomed during a hard time in my life. Like I wasn't raised with a ton of spirituality. My mom was like subtly spiritual. We didn't go to church, but she would like give us worry dolls that I could save my worry to and put under my pillow. Mm -hmm. And she would buy us crystals, but never told us anything about them. Just felt something about it in the store. No one taught her, but she was drawn to it. And then she would buy us one and then it would be by our bed, but we didn't have any like teachings around it or anything like that. And it wasn't until I was married and my husband at the time was an alcoholic and struggling with a lot of other addiction that maybe I didn't even know at the time yet. And I met Sandy right at that time who was deeply spiritual. And then, so I started yoga and then I also went to Al-Anon and Al-Anon is for family members and loved ones of alcoholics or drug addicts. And I remember going in there thinking they're going to tell me how to get him to stop drinking. That's like your, I was like at my rock bottom with it all. And um, then in that program, I realized that it was all about surrendering your life to a higher power. And I don't know if anyone knows that about like AA or Al-Anon or NA, that's what it is. And it doesn't have to be God. It's not a religion. It's just something greater than you. And that could be like good orderly direction. It could be nature. It could be your own higher self. And I remember being like, wow, I, I I didn't expect this, but I am literally limping along in life and life is so hard doing it the way I'm doing it. I'm willing to try. And so I started like praying to what? I don't know. Like it was just the beginning for me. And I had this massive spiritual awakening, like the burning bush moment where, you know, the doors opened. Like I started feeling spirit. I started like having medium um, experiences. Like it was like a whoosh. It was almost like, okay, finally, (laughs) because we've been trying to communicate with you for a long time. Right. I learned about spirit guides and was super drawn into indigenous culture and their faith. And it was, it was like this, like sudden opening for me. That was my, my journey into it. And then as soon as I found out the power of it, how good it made me feel, how supported I felt, how I could always just pray to have my my energy or my mood shifted. Um, I, then I was like, I'll never do anything without this. So it immediately came into my business and immediately came into my entrepreneurship at that point, because I was like, well, that would be stupid not to, this isn't, it's magic. (laughs) It's like having a superpower now. And so then, yeah, it just sort of like at that time. So I guess I would have been in my late twenties for me. That was my story with it. I love it. Yeah. It was like the fire hose turned on. Totally. I had to actually ask them to turn it off because it was so disruptive to my sleep, my building my business. I was like, okay, I know that you guys can talk to me now, but I really need to focus. And so I had to like, you know, choose the path of, you know, like I'm still going to use it, but in terms of like the mediumship and, um, like spiritual interactions and things like that, it was like, okay, guys, like I need to set boundaries here. So I love it. I dialing so it I, down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was raised with spirituality always. My mom's very spiritual. It wasn't like um the religious focus. It was just spirituality, intuition, trusting your heart. 
all of that way, though my Baba would take us, my dad's mother would take us to church, Catholic church. So I was raised Catholic too. Um, not in my like day-to-day -day home, but would go to church every Sunday that I was at my Baba's house. And I think that that also deepened a connection to faith, even though um, it didn't carry on. I'm kind of like one that takes bits and pieces of all sorts of mm -hmm. religions and modalities and spiritualities, but um, but it really connected me to faith and I had this reverence for it and this respect and awe and this relationship with God from a very young age. So I remember in times of struggle, like my parents divorced when I was really young and that was really hard for me. And, um, and then just going through those teenage years that were troubling. And then my um, Baba was killed in a car accident when I was 16. That was really traumatic for me all through those periods. I would always write letters to God. That was how I would navigate and deal with my stress. And so I would find years later, like them stuffed behind um, pictures on my wall or posters or in journals or in drawers, all these ways of when I was wrestling with big feelings and not having an outlet, that was, that was the relationship I would go to, to find solace. And so, um, so it was always a presence and it, it was the way that I lived my life. So that, that kind of like hippie gypsy spiritual life was always just encoded in my DNA. And so, um, when business, it was, it was that spiritual faith that led me to all the doors that I needed opened in my life. And it was that relationship with God that, and my own intuition that would help me make decisions. So in big moments in my life, you know, going traveling at 20 and, you know, having 500 bucks in my pocket and just trusting that I was going to be supported divinely. Um, and just that knowing of that divine support always there helped me to take the leap to do that. When I, you know, decided to go to the ashram, I studied yoga. So I really dug deep and, and into that philosophy. And all it was, was just like that deepening in knowing myself and, and trusting myself and trusting my intuition and trusting my knowing that was where I kind of discovered my life purpose, which was to spread love and light. That was as, as what I got out of it. And I wasn't attached to how, what that would look like. And so that knowing and that trust led to the business that I got into when it was that moment when I was in, on, in severe, <laughs> huge amount of debt and um, in a tumultuous marriage really praying for a solution to help us get out of the situation. And then the, the second business that I, that we did, Michelle and I came across my path and I had this moment where I, you know, asked my Baba, am I supposed to do this? I need a sign. I got the sign right away. Mm -hmm. So I knew that was the path shifting and every moment shifting to uh, s switch companies and build there. That was all spirit led, you know, <laughs> went to psychics. We had, asked for signs, followed the signs, creating liberated was totally infused with spirituality. It, you were the one mm -hmm. that we Akashic business record reading all throughout our build, all guiding us to where our souls were, what our souls were wanting to produce and be, how we wanted to be of service in the world. So it's like inextricably connected the spiritual journey with the business journey, because the business journey and the spiritual journey are all the life journey of the soul. Oh, I love that. Because, yeah, I I personally believe that you can't have one without the other. It's all interwoven. But other people 
have different perspectives and journeys and and I love how they've influenced each other so greatly it's like you followed your intuition you followed your spirituality which guided you through the business and then because the business how that came to be how it flourished that's your confirmation to further trust your intuition and they kind of build off each other totally Mm -hmm. and sometimes like you go on a journey that isn't always rainbows and lollipops Mm -hmm. and if if the faith or the trust or that knowing isn't strong enough you would say dang I got that wrong Mm -hmm. but when you look when you're on the other side of struggle and the harder stuff that you have to go through in life you realize oh what happened happened and couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't like that experience was the fire I needed to go through in order to fortify myself and become who I meant to be so that's you can say thank you to those harder lessons which when when I was early in my early 20s I was just like no it's gonna be all rainbows and lollipops always and I remember I I can't I can't remember who said it to me I was like no you're gonna it's gonna there's gonna be hard stuff and I was just kind of like in denial about that but now having gone through some pretty hard stuff in life I recognize that that was all part of it too. I, from doing many, many readings on many people and then also myself, I have learned you don't come to earth to have an easy life. This isn't the place to have just like an easy going, everything's perfect and nothing is hard. Everyone has at least a few things, minimum, that's a struggle. And maybe compared to somebody else, it doesn't look like a struggle. But for them, for their soul, it is a struggle. There is a lesson. So this is the place to do the hard stuff. It's not Mm. the place to just chill out. Earth school, man. Oh, yeah. Here we are learning the lessons. (laughs) Good times. Good times. It's it's it, I again, like, I love that we're having this conversation because you can all, even if you've got that strong faith and that your trust muscles are strong, I think you go through periods in life where it's a bit wobbly. Oh yeah. And, you- and, it, and sometimes it's chosen. Like, um, I'm going to try to tell the story without revealing identities, but somebody <laughs> in my life had a very, very easy, simple, loving, safe life. Great parents grew up, you know, upper middle class, like married a really good man, um, you know, just l- amazing dad, amazing husband, and then um, chose to blow up her own life and um, left her marriage for an alcoholic <laughs> and someone who was struggling with like a lot of stuff, like including drugs and was very adulterous. And I remember watching that from the outside in being like, wow, her soul was ready for evolution. It was time for her to leave the easy path. Like she blew it up because she needed, she needed to burn it down so she could rebuild herself and come get what she came here for in this human experience, which was evolution, which is what we're all here for. So that was an interesting, cause you know, like my story, my parents were super young. My dad was like 17 years old and he was like, you know, I'm, I've got to go to college. This wasn't part of the plan. And for a little while I was just me and my mom and then they got married when I was three and like that. And we had a great life, but you know, the rocky beginnings, I think always energetically 
you know, you compare your story to other people like, oh, wow, you like, oh, oh, your parents got married at the right time. And then they chose to have you then, you know what I mean? Like, and then I just realized, oh, no, like everyone it's Jordan Peterson says, if you're in a period of time where things are good and everyone's healthy and you haven't gone through a recent loss and you're not deeply grieving, he said, oh, enjoy it. That's juicy. And it doesn't last. And you're going to come into times where you're grieving and there's hardship and, and that's just the way the human experience is. And I loved how he said that it was a wake up call for me because sometimes those periods can last 10, 15 years. Everything's really quite good. And then, you know, not saying like it's a guarantee, but yeah, life, life comes at you because we're mortal and we, and people die. And that's like one of the hardest truths of being a human. Well, I, I feel that we are like diamonds. We can't be formed if there's no pressure, if there's mm. no struggle, if there's no challenges, we're not going to grow or it's, you have to be pretty much forced into change in order to change. That's kind mm. of what everyone kind of baseline. If everything's going good, you're probably going to stay where you are. And if your soul wants growth, it's like, well, I got to kick you in the butt a little bit, knock you down a little bit, make it challenging so that you can rise to the occasion. Mm. So, so true. It's I love it. I love being a human. I think it's so fascinating. I say that on the daily. <laughs> I love it's her wild. It's, <laughs> wild. it's wild. It's wild. It's wild. I'm, I'm like where like and just from my work, I've learned other places that you can incarnate, you remember your soul. You remember your past lives. Here, we come as nothing. That is wild. Yeah, we're like, just like no memory of there even being a higher place. We're just thrown into it. We're just like, oh, yeah, here you go. And he, just like, have fun. It's like, what do I do? And we have to just like the figure it jumping. out. Like, it's it's really wild. But that's part of the challenge, right? Like, that's part of the formation of the diamonds. Do you think like, that's why babies, like as kids, we can't remember before five? Um, I always wonder that. It's I, so weird. I know there's probably some science <laughs> and brain development to it, but like, yeah. I always think how weird that we don't remember where we came from. Right? right. And then we also don't remember the first five years of our lives. Mm -hmm. From like more of a spiritual side, non-scientific, because I don't really know a lot of the scientific research on that part. But from my point of view, when as a kid, so when you're younger, you spend a lot of time sleeping. And when you're sleeping, your soul is out being your soul, remembering who it is. So because, and then you have a stronger connection with your soul when you're younger. So you do have more memories of your soul. And as you get older, it starts to fade away. So you're losing some of those memories as it's fading away. Mm -hmm. um, but I also feel that like, because I don't have maybe a ton of memories, but I remember being like under two. Just from my perspective of height wise, like compared to other things, I know how old I was, but it's just like certain memories, just little glimpses here and there. And mm -hmm. I just, I feel that like you're more of your true self under the age of five than, and then the world starts to take over and form you into who they want you to be, but like, well, there there's science behind it too. And I, I don't know it fully, but I know that there's like beta waves and alpha waves and things like that. And mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm going to mix yeah. it up, but they spend almost all of their time, maybe theta. I can't remember which one it is in. And what that means is 
they are not thinking of future. They're not thinking yeah. of worries. They're not worried about past. They're 100% right here present, which is the state that people try to achieve during meditation. Yeah. But that's where children live their entire life until there's a brain development age. I think it's like eight where they start, oh, like perceiving what other people think about them and that kind of thing. And, and um, you know, having to worry about those kinds of things, which again is a tribal thing that, you know, we have to have because we have to be able to relate to others and and make sure we're good with the tribe and that kind of thing. But it's such a gift that they have that they can 100% be present. They think they're the most amazing being on the planet. There's so much self-love. It's just such a magical time in life where they just get to be truly carefree. Yeah. And I, I think that's part of why having a child wakens so many people, makes people more in tune with their intuition because you, you are using, not using, but this child is your catalyst. Yeah. They're, because they are in that state and you can't help but rub off on other people. Just being around someone influences them either in so many different ways. Like just being around somebody's energy. Like when I'm around Sandy, I can't help but be happy. (laughs) It's just like her happiness, her joy just radiates out and you can't help it. It's infectious. So that's just like that with kids and you kind of get a glimpse of that and it awakens so many people like that's how I kind of woke up is yeah you know what really oh that's interesting tell us that story so you weren't spiritual before Mm -mm. I grew up in like a they were Lutheran so we went to church every every week my parents are still very spiritual in like God Jesus like very like strict they don't go to church anymore uh, I think like that part has kind of got disillusioned a little bit, um, but they're still very much the same beliefs and they're very, very rigid in those beliefs. So that's how I grew up. And then as I got older, I didn't feel that I didn't, it didn't feel right to me. I didn't feel completely wrong because I've had experiences with God where I was just like, I felt really connected and I'm like, there's something, I know there's like a God or something outside of me. I knew that deep in my soul, but I didn't feel that connection with the church or that religion I just it didn't feel right for me so I kind of just flailed around just being me kind of whatever and then when I had my oldest who's now 12 when she was about oh nine months old maybe eight something like that my grandmother passed away and within like a month or so I saw my grandma. Mm. I was just like, and I, I thought it was my mom, honestly, because I just kind of, it was just kind of walked past and I, and I heard the door open and close. I thought my mom just came in and they left. I thought she was getting something or whatever. So I call my mom, like, what did you want? She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, oh my God. And then I was like, yes, I felt it. I was like, this is my grandma. And then I was I was kind of freaked out. So I just said out loud, grandma, I know you're not wanting to hurt me or scare me, but I am, I, I, I'm scared, please. I don't want to see you again. Like, and then she never did since mm-hmm. she just kind of left it alone. Yeah. So that was wow. this, that was the start, but I kind of put a pause on it because I was scared of it for a while, yeah. quite a while. It wasn't until, um, until my my middle. So Michaela was, um, how old was she? I can't even remember, but she was having lots of night terrors and I didn't really clue in what was going on. 
Um, and then my friend told me about Reiki and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then she just talking to her and her sharing it with me, I started like learning about it, doing meditations and diving down there. And then I took Reiki courses and then everything kind of like my awareness exploded. And I started realizing these night terrors were something else. And there was a ghost that was by her. And because they were connected, it was kind of draining her energy and giving her nightmares. So dealing with that aspect of it, which isn't really a warm, loving way to go into spirituality, but it is what it is. And yeah, I helped her deal with that. Her night terrors went away. And at the same time as that, my grandpa, who passed away when I was 16, started coming to me. Mm. And he really pushed me. Like he just, he was relentless in the most loving way. Because I'm very stubborn and I don't like change. And he just kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me until I changed. Like he's like, oh, this is a mediumship course. You should take this. And just like pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. And I waited almost to the last minute before I actually signed up. And I just, he was just like, do it, do it, do it, do it. And then I finally did it. And then everything changed. Yeah. (laughs) Everything changed. And yeah. And then it was just like a world from that moment on, it was complete whirlwind. But it was, I am definitely one of those people that when I have my routine, I, I feel safe and I don't want to change that. So spirituality really pushed me out of that bubble because I used to think everything was on my shoulders and all that pressure and knowing that I could really put, put that pressure on my higher self, ask my spirit team, ask my ancestors to help me. And it took the load off and made me not feel like I needed to control everything it was it's not I don't have to control it I more so have to just take a step I don't need to know exactly how things are going to be and form them into that way that they need to be that's not my role and coming to that realization really improved my life and my stress and my anxiety at times I I feel like that can translate into any sector of your life parenting marriage business anything it's like that's one of my favorite things to ask is, okay, I'm feeling really scattered, really overwhelmed. What's the next right move? And I remember Oprah said that. And it was like, all I need to figure out is the next right move. I don't need to think about next month or next year or where we're headed or how many obstacles are going to come. What's my next right move? Okay. If we're in marriage, it would be like, well, we need a counselor. Like we need somebody that can help us through this season. Mm -hmm. If it's business, it's like, well, we need a coach. We need a guide you know, what's the next right move can take you completely out of overwhelm and into solutions. Yeah. I love that. It's like, I find when you think about the whole, your whole life or the whole picture, it feels like it's too much because it kind of is because we are only a tiny portion of our soul. We're not the whole thing. So why do we put the pressure of doing the whole thing when we don't have the whole perspective? We don't have these memories. We don't have these experiences. So give yourself a break and just take one step. Amen. Yeah. All of that. So I want to hear about your business. So what you can talk about your past businesses if you want. 
to show your progression, or we can focus on your current business, what you want to share with everybody, what you're really excited about. I want to hear all about you guys and what you're offering the world. Well, <laughs> it's, it's all been leading here. So we started out, we've done four businesses together. We started out where we wanted to find a way where we could stay home with our kids, get to travel, have a lot of fun and make decent money. <laughs> and we started out literally because of, do you remember in like in the early 2000s, there was this guy that traded a paper, red paper oh, clip yes, yes. and he traded it and traded it, traded it and go traded it up to house. And that, for whatever reason, was the inspiration of like, if this guy traded a paperclip and got a house, like surely there's something we could do. And it led us on this kind of journey. What started out, we did yoga for schools and um, had a yoga for schools business where we were featured on the news and went into all like small town Alberta schools, which was super rad. It was one of the things that lit our souls up and it was really cool to give the kids positive coping skills and they loved it. And we did kindergarten all the way up to grade 12. Uh, during that time, the network marketing industry came across our path. I had been, like I said, my husband at the time and I were struggling with a lot of debt and um, in a very tumultuous place in our marriage, praying for a solution and um, had fallen in love with a product that had made a, such an impact on my daughter's health. And um, and then seeing what was possible with the business, that there was this couple traveling the world because of this business. And then recognizing, having that God moment of, am I supposed to, is, is my path shifting here? That happened. And so Michelle and I locked elbows and grew that business. Beyond. Multiple millions. Yeah. Huge empire. And um, and then a couple of years ago, our path shifted to another company built to the top of that company. Again, another huge organization. And then, um, but but around 2018, we started having this like call on our heart of, you know, creating something of our own, but we were really comfortable in that industry. We mm -hmm. had a, a lot of um, abundance and um, a lot of time, a lot of passive income. And so there wasn't, a, I don't know, it just was a comfortable era and a season of our life as our kids were growing up that, um, we kept putting that on the back back shelf. People had asked us for a long time, you guys need to do a podcast, do a podcast. Again, we just kind of were like, oh, yeah, maybe not. Nah. And then um, last year, we had a moment that we recognized that it was time, like all the all the stars were aligning in our world and um, situations started shifting and we recognized that, okay, if we're going to bet on anyone, we're going to take, we're going to take a chance on ourselves. And we created our company that's called Liberated. And it's all around helping women find more freedom in their life. Yeah. Like we've got a personal development course, which is called Enrich. It's the seven pillars of a liberated life. That's the passion of ours. We, even with our, in our network marketing businesses, we had teams of 3000 people one of our biggest passions was holding personal growth retreats, like actually walking them through some really like really deep personal work to become better, be better, access their spirituality. And so that was the first thing that we wanted liberated to be able to help people with was mindset marriages, you know, just having an easier time of being human really. Um, and then 
the other thing which came so clearly for us is we're freaking passionate about helping women have passive income. We've been doing that since 2012. Um, and we'll continue to, we'll always have our network marketing business because it is an amazing passive income stream. Yeah. And we were like, oh, like, you know, lots of people are either tried it or are not drawn to the network marketing industry. And that's totally fine. And when we were like channeling and praying and, you know, brainstorming of like, what are we meant to birth? Like, what does liberated help people do? And we realized it's passive income. It's still passive income. It's always going to be passive income. So people can say yes to being in their human experience more, being with their children more, traveling more, you know, gain more life where it matters to them, whatever that may be. And so we discovered that on through digital marketing, you can create a course and sell it on autopilot. You can create a passive income funnel that you do the work once and then you can continue to earn on that digital asset. It's like having a rental property that you just cash flow on. And we were like, oh, come on. Like this is exactly what we love. And we can help people do it in their zone of genius with their area of expertise, their passion, and what they've been through as a human with their story. And it was like, it was so cool and still is cool helping them in the network marketing arena because not everybody wants to build something all of their own. Um, and they can come in and share products with people and be affiliate marketers and still get passive income. Love that. We'll always do that. But whoa, we get to coach people, walk them through their story and find a way to turn that story into a course that will profoundly impact people in a positive way. And then we can teach them how to sell that on autopilot. Like, are you kidding me? Thank you, God. Mm -hmm. You know, like, thank goodness we listen to the signs. So that's what we do with Liberated. And we're just passionate about helping women set themselves free. And one of our big things when we landed on that, we called it rare because it's all about what bringing out what makes people rare because nobody can do things quite like you can. And I think people don't give themselves enough credit for the things that they've walked through in life. And um, I think lots of people have these calls on their heart and they just don't have maybe the guide or the self-belief or um, the path of how they're going to birth it. And so to have people in our rare university where they get to um, craft it and we walk along with them as they're building it, it's just, I don't know, it's been such a cool light up. And like we said, we've worked with Leanne throughout it to help us. And I remember when we were finally like, we've got our build done. We've got it all ready to release to the world. And you did this really beautiful visualization of um, wrapping the the energy that is liberated in this beautiful energetic bubble. And then you gave this advice of like, you're going to release it to the world. And that's when it becomes its own thing. And then, and, and it really has since that moment, it's transformed a couple of times into what it is now. And um, again, that beautiful process of just trusting and, and we're really rooted into our bigger vision. And in that release, we started our liberated podcast and that's just been so fun. Like we do a little dance every time we, you know, stop record on a podcast. Cause we just love having conversations like this with people. Oh yeah. I love that. And I really like your podcast. I've listened to quite a few episodes and I know both of you and it is just like talking to you or just sitting in the room listening to you talk. It's very mm -hmm. natural. It's how you, you're not putting on a show. It's just you guys being you. And I love that. Thank you. That's yeah. what we wanted is like, we hope this feels like you're in the living room with us having a coffee, tea or a glass of wine and just 
you could picture being here in this conversation. And one of my friends reached out and she's like, I honestly, I'm so in the living room with you guys that sometimes I, I contribute out loud in my, <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? It gave me goosebumps. I actually felt tearful. I was like, that's exactly the intention that we set with that is that they were going to be very liberated conversations, very vulnerable, very real with that. You would hear us in our truest form and feel like you were with us. So I'm so glad that's how it comes across. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. It's like you gave exactly what you intended. So congrats. Awesome. Thank you. Love it. Love it. And I love the work you're doing. Oh my gosh. If you're listening, you're listening and you're birthing a business or anything. You was doing a just need some personal guidance in your life. Like, oh, our sessions with Leanne have been really profound. I remember one time we couldn't figure out what our logo was going to be. We're like, we came up with our name. We felt an emotional reaction. We know it's liberated. And, but we don't know what the logo could be. And then you were like, okay. And you kind of like channeled out and you're like, what about a key? And that's our logo. We were like, oh, a key. Yes. A key. Oh my gosh. How did we not think of that? One of our favorite quotes came to mind and we were like, yes, it's unlocking the door. It's like giving women these keys to set themselves free from the cages we find ourselves in. It was just like, oh. And you also did because we were looking for domains and we had found she was liberated. And you're like, what if you is, is she is liberated mm -hmm. available because it's more in the present tense, not yeah. the past and tense. That, we use that statement a lot. She is liberated. Yeah. 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 Well, I find for myself as well, like when anytime that you're in the problem, it's hard to see the solution. Oh, you just get so, you get so bombarded with all the possibilities or all the things that were that it's hard to weed through it and just see the clear answer. And from an outsider going in and tuning into the energy, I can weed past all the things around you and go directly to the business and just talk to the business where you have to weed through all that stuff to get to the business. I don't think people know that that's possible. Like we didn't even know. We kind of thought you were going to do more like Akashic Record clear clearing with us personally and like make sure we were in a good state to build this business. But like you started accessing our, the actual energy of our business as if it was a living, breathing thing. And it is really. And we didn't really know that that was going to happen. I remember being like, how, like it has, like our business has a voice. It's a, it's real. And also like, again, this ties into how, how linked the spiritual personal journey is with like growing a business, because I had you and several other readers kept telling me <laughs> to go to therapy. <laughs> Michelle's like... I finally was like, okay, like as a business partner, I now have a vested interest in this message that keeps finding its way to you. I think it's time to stop avoiding that. Master avoider. So then I did. Well, it's some... the rose colored glasses thing. You're like, oh, I, like I, I'm good. good. So I then right after that, I had Googled and I found a somatic therapist, which we're going to on our podcast. And honestly, it was the thing that I needed. Like I, I just needed, it was like something triggered knowing I needed to do this of the body and, and go through it that way. And it's been life-changing for, it was life-changing for me to do that at the beginning of the build to now, like my nervous system is way, way more equipped to navigate the struggle or stress or all the things like way less cagey. So um, again, another place where it's it's like a holistic approach to growing your business if you're an entrepreneur right now and you're not 
um, looking at some other areas in your life and wondering why there might be some stickiness, um, go to work on yourself. It will always impact your business. Oh, that's so true. So true. And Sandy uh, recommended that somatic therapist and I, I went to her and she was fantastic. And I, I learned through that when it comes to myself, I'm more impatient. I want the healing to be fast. I know what to do and I do it, but I do it too quickly. I mm. need more time. I need to be patient with myself and do it a little bit different approach in order for it to actually fully heal or be more effective. Doing it fast 20 times or doing it slow once, it actually mm. is faster. But in the moment, you think, I'm just going to do it quick. Mm, and yeah. so that was my biggest takeaway uh, from my session with her. And it was just, yeah, everybody doesn't matter if you're a healer or if you're if you are a professional or maybe an expert in this field you still need another expert in the same field to help you you oh it's huge like I think too because I am like exhaustingly a deep thinker <laughs> everything has meaning and I, I can turn meaning and you know like I can intellectualize a lot so it's really easy for me to even find meaning and like, oh, I'm feeling this and I'm struggling with this and this could mean this and la, 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 la. And what she really did was like, hey, take a breath. What are you feeling in your body? What is that sensation? Where is that coming from? What's that represent? So it, it took me out of my head and into my body so then I could actually get honest with myself about some of the things that were happening in my internal landscape and not just like pushing it aside. So that was huge for me. Something yeah. I found really interesting from your sessions was that you discovered one of your defense mechanisms is getting tired. Mm. So like anytime she would be getting close to something really raw for you mm -hmm. and she actually successfully got you in your body. So you're there, mm -hmm. you would wriggle away by being like, Oh, like yawning and like getting really sleepy and getting distracted. And she called you on that. Totally. And I find myself ever since you told me that, like when something's really meaningful, I get tired too. I did not know that that's like a nervous system defense or something. Yeah. Like, you're, like you're totally buffering. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a wild thing. So then I know if we're getting close to something and I'm yawning, like, oh shit. Like I'm like, I'm having a nervous system hit. I need to go inwards. It's it's always like the invitation to go inwards and just go inwards and get honest with yourself. Yeah, I I feel from like an energetic standpoint, when you're getting tired, like you're so you have this perceived threat or something that's hard, and energetically you're fighting that. That takes a lot of energy and it's draining you, mm -hmm. right. and you're getting tired. Like a symptom, symptom yeah, of it's, the it's, it's battle. It, yeah, it's the symptom, and I'm like. That makes complete sense. And Interesting. I was a great so, sign. so intrigued by that. And also to like, think about any hard times you've gone through in your life or when you've had a healing session, like a deep mm -hmm. healing session that releases like mm -hmm. layers of trauma from past lives and all of that. It's like, you get so tired. You need to sleep. Mm -hmm. You need to rest more. That's always the advice. Or even like when you have a massage, like I was going to say a massage too. drink some water. Massage releases a lot of energetic spiritual shit out of your tissues as well. I think people don't realize that it's just like, oh, I just got a massage and especially a deep tissue one where it kind of is uncomfortable and it hurts. Mm -hmm. Like your body works really hard to encapsulate things inside of itself. Like yes. to just be like, oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to 
make a knot around that in my shoulder. <laughs> I'm going to really internalize that emotion. And there's these like little charges within our body that massage can release. And it can be, you know, like later you're thinking about things that you don't know why you're thinking, or you're feeling emotional or you're feeling down. It's like, well, yeah, you release that shit right out of your body. <laughs> oh, and okay. Now that we're going down this track also too, like the funky things that happen. Like I know if I feel a pressure in my chest, I'm really stressed about something that I'm not mm. Mm-hmm. And that's my like inner manager that's coming online to be like, do, 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 do. I'll go into do mode. And that's not the mode that I need to be in to understand what's going on for me. Mm-hmm. It's like my protection. And also too, like any time of stress, like I'll get this like really painful shoulder. Yeah. And that's a tell it's not, uh, you know, sometimes it's sleep and blah, 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 but it's also intermingled with like the stressors in my life. So yeah. it's just, it's a, it's my tell like, Oh, this is what happens. Yeah. Some, some people it's like their neck starts hurting. It's like, Oh, you're really stressed. It's not, I have a rib that goes out when my ribs out. I know I've got a lot of shit on my mind and I, my body's like, "Mm -mm, you need to slow it down sister. Some it's rashes, you know, you start getting a rash when this happens and the body, like really, if you tune into it, I even, I used to teach my kids about this with food when they were younger, even like your body will tell you everything you need to know. And my kids are so intuitive about how they eat because they just simply feel how things feel. So like, um, my daughter, Ava doesn't eat pizza. Like what the hell? Who, what kid doesn't like pizza? But she's like, well, I like it. It tastes so good, but I feel so bad after. Mm -hmm. And her body doesn't appreciate the gluten with the dairy. She can eat one or the other, but like, you know, together is tough for her. And my son hates craft dinner. Again, what kid hates craft dinner? (laughs) It's kind of annoying. Cause I'm like, oh, like that's an easy And no, he's like, "Mm, mom, that's not worth it for me, that one. And so just a small thing to teach your kids of like, and I I remember teaching them this about people as well, of like, you'll get an energetic feeling in your body um, about a person. And it was so fascinating because we had been talking about this and we went to the 7-Eleven and they were little, they were like five and seven. And we go into the 7-Eleven and there was a guy in the lineup that just, you know, when your alarm bells, just like, wee-oo, wee-oo, wee-oo. and I was like, Ooh, and I just, you know, like pulled my kids over to this side of me and paid and nothing happened, but it was just an energetic, like get away from this energy. It's not safe. You know, that it never said anything. And I taught my kids don't say anything like, you know, that's yep. your body just warning you. And then in the exact same situation, there was this man who, when he was younger, got polio and he was completely bent over at the waist. So he, his body was in the shape of a 90 degree angle and he was holding the door and he had to turn his head sideways and look upwards at me and the kids like that. And, um, I was like, thank you so much. You know, immediately got the most beautiful feeling from this man. And I was like, let me hold the door for you. And then I said, you know, how's your day? He's like, every day is beautiful. Like being alive is such a gift. And I was like, (laughs) Even telling the story makes me emotional because it was just such a purity. And so we walked him to his car. Me and my kids had this like beautiful conversation with him about how he got polio when he was like seven years old, but his mom raised him with this beautiful belief of everything happens for a reason and you're still alive and, you know, he's still able to drive. So he has quite a bit of freedom. Anyways, get in the car and we're all feeling pretty raw from this beautiful interaction and his vulnerability. And my kids and I were downloading how that felt and his energy and how pure it was and how our bodies told us that he was safe. And even though he looked, could have looked quite scary to a young child, how safe that energy felt. And then I just happened to 
think back to the other energy in the store. And I said, what did you guys feel? Did you feel anything in the lineup? And they were like, Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I felt really nervous around that energy. And I said, yeah, like, and we don't know if that's true or not, but we have to listen to our body and you have to listen to those alarm bells. And that's called intuition. And that felt unsafe for you. And you listen, even when it's irrational, even yeah. when yeah. other people might think like, well, don't be rude. Don't, don't, you know, like don't go into a vehicle with somebody that gives you that feeling. Don't go down and, and get candy from someone who feels that way. Like you listen to that in your body. And then alternatively, where a person that might've maybe visually should have scared you felt so true and so right. And that is like God's compass in your body. That's intuition. You need to listen to that feeling. I love that. I was just talking to somebody recently and rationalizing your way out of following your intuition mm. is huge. So many people, they, they use their brain to rationalize of not listening to yourself. And it's yeah. really unfortunate when people do that. Because totally. well, that's when you get or, you know, yeah, well, not in alignment, like it can go as deep as Louise Hayes work, you know, where she says, like, heal your body. And if you look at her little chart, you know, if your hip is just killing you, or you got cancer, or you got warts, or like everything has a spiritual meaning yeah. on that chart, you look at that shit. And that is real. Like, you're like, Oh, totally yeah. this. I can't believe it. And she went as far to say, whether you believe this or not, she was sexually abused as a, I, I can't remember if it was in her childhood or in her um, teenage years, still childhood, but different yeah. phase of it. Um, and she said, before I knew about the body and how it tries to tell you things, I didn't know. And guess where I gave myself cancer. That's oh. how she worded it. And I'm not saying that's true because that's triggery, right? But yeah. she said, I gave myself cancer in my vulva, in my vagina. Yeah. And I had such a deep self-loathing around that area because of the sexual abuse that happened. I never processed it. I never allowed it to be released from my body. I never healed it. And then this happened. And I was like, that was my first, like, that's such a uh, strong statement. I remember being like, whoa, like, okay, if she believes to that level, you know, then I for sure can believe that my eye infection is telling me this, you know, or, like, or, or at least a not right. Yeah. Like, but I definitely believe that like your energy affects your body. And yeah. I think that working on just one isn't as effective. Like, yes, you can just do the physical stuff. You could just do the massage, just do the physio and it does help. But if you don't take into account the energy part, it'll keep coming back. And then just like if you do the energy stuff, but don't work on the, the physical body, it's hard for the energy to push through that hard, restricted body. So, you know, when you're doing your energetic healings, going for walks, getting massages, doing something to move your body, because when your body's in motion, it's easier for the energy to flow through it. And what you can tell the difference let's say if you're sitting and doing a meditation or if you're doing a walking meditation they're very very different i and love walking it's probably yeah, why yeah because like your energy will just flow so much faster yeah because your body's moving and it's releasing the energy that's stuck in there and I, it's really holistic you have to comp use the whole thing um 
to be the most beneficial. Not saying it's not possible to only do one and still be helped, but it works so much easier when you combine them. And if it can be easier, why not? Right? Let's choose the easy button all the way. I love this. What a great conversation we've had. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I've learned quite a bit about you guys. And well, I've known Michelle for a year and Sandy for a few years now. And I like learning more about you. Thank you for being on my podcast and talking with me and sharing who you are to everybody that's listening. And I, I know they're going to love you as much as I do. Aww, Thanks, Leanne. Thank you. Yeah.